the person I want to meet at tonight's vet chat is um, Tina Tumet, um, um, a veterinary surgeon I know for many years and who is um, a well-known and outstanding personality not only in Estonia but also in the Eastern Baltic and actually in the whole European region. Um, Tina has been a veterinary surgeon for possibly around about 30 years by now and uh, she um, has not only been the president of the Estonian Small Animal Veterinary Association, she has also been the uh, representative of Estonia at FECAVA, the Federation of European Companion Animal Veterinary Associations. Um, Tina has a clinic in Tallinn, uh, but she's also very well known to uh, pretty much everybody in uh, Estonia because of her television programs and uh, because of uh, books that she's writing about her life as a veterinarian. Um, Tina has been uh, the Vet of the Year in Estonia. She is a recipient of the uh, Russian Veterinary Cross and she's also the laureate of the uh, um, Didier Noel Calotti Award, which is um, honoring one of the most outstanding veterinarians in Europe. Um, if Tina is not working as a veterinary surgeon, she's usually, possibly not because of COVID at the moment, but she's traveling all over Europe and meeting colleagues and visiting clinics and just uh, enjoying well the life which our profession provides but also which is found in different countries in different cultures. So as you can see Tina is not only a very interesting and entertaining person, she's a very warm-hearted, emotional person but somebody who can both laugh and uh, you can also have a very deep conversation with. So the perfect person for me to have a vet chat. Tina Tumet, welcome to Fekava Vet Chat. Hello Wolfgang, hello veterinary family. Oh Wolfgang, it was really hard touching speech, thank you. No, 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 but it's just, it's, it, it's true, I mean, I, as I said, so I had uh, the, the honor to to visit you um, a couple of times or uh, in, in Tallinn and we always had lovely evenings together and um, I mean this vet chat will only last for 15 or 20 minutes but I could talk to you for hours and uh, it's such a shame that because of Covid we can't meet in person but yeah. well this is, this is uh, a little bit of an alternative. And it's, yeah. it's always lovely to see you. This is really sad because I already, I had plans how we meet in Warsaw and, and how we, we are going to meet our old Fekawa gang, as Didier said. And now we have to talk only through the internet. So it's, it's really sad. Better times will come. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, um, Tina, I thought that the, um, we could, uh, I want to talk uh, with you a little bit about companion animal practice in Estonia 
then I uh, and uh, the um, uh, the way companion animal practice has developed over the last 30 years because I mean you can still remember um, uh, how the situation was 30 nearly 30 years ago when Estonia regained its uh, independence from uh, the Soviet Union and uh, that obviously came along with a lot of changes in uh, uh, especially companion animal veterinary medicine and I don't think that there's any other country in Europe that has made so dramatic steps forward uh, uh, when it comes to the care of, of uh, uh, small animals than, uh, than Estonia. So I would like to talk with you a little bit about that, then about the veterinary profession in Estonia today, the impact COVID has had, and then I want to talk about Tina Tumet, mm -hmm. your plans and your ideas and what we can expect from you. Is that, uh, is that okay? Okay, let's start from history, yes. Yes, absolutely. If we go a little bit of, uh, down memory lane, I mean, okay, I wasn't around at the time. Um, in Estonia, I wasn't around at that time. <laughs> August 1991, um, uh, Estonia became independent again. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and where were you as a vet or what how did the work as a companion animal veterinarian look like in 1991? Yeah. No, companion animals they were very not important subject in Soviet Union or Soviet time so uh, when I finished the university it was in 1983 and then um, our study was five years and during these five years we had 20 hours about companion animals so it means that when i finished the school there was like nothing uh, i wanted to work as a small animal veterinarian but um, then in, in soviet union there was like a planning system and somebody somewhere in the high post plan that I had to work in the laboratory. So I worked in the laboratory with bacteria. And then in um, 1989, it was already more free to leave the country, to, to travel, to visit um, other countries. So I, I um, uh, used a possibility and went to Finland and visited one veterinary clinic. And it was really like a fairy tale. It was like uh, like a different world. It, it it seems to me that I have been like a some kind of witch who who had to uh, treat uh, the animals with uh, help of moon and songs and drums and you know maybe some herbs, and they have everything ultrasound and blood samples and it was like oh is it possible. So it was really, really a shock. And, and for me, it was like a shock that we never can reach in this, this level because it seems to me that our basis is so weak. But, uh, you know, life is full of surprises. <laughs> and uh, I started to 
to go different uh, educational events in Finland and Finnish colleagues helped me a lot and not only me I have a lot of colleagues who started on the same time to develop their skills about small animals and now we are there when we are so um, I, I'm I don't I'm, know uh, we are at the same level with Finland but I think that we are very very close to be at the same level I remember I remember that you were telling me stories about sort of first consultations in your kitchen yeah um, <laughs> with, with your children sort of crawling underneath the kitchen yeah. table time. So how did how did how did you start with advertising how did that work with the payment and, in the big and this time there was um, it was not necessary to advertise because there was lack of veterinary surgeons who treated small animals so there was only you know to to have a phone number and it was like a bush, bush telephone uh, that people started to talk oh do you know you can you can have help there and there and so though in this um, point of view it was very easy i had nothing I started my practice with with um, um, stethoscope and, and otoscope, which was a gift from my fin Finnish colleague, and approximately nothing else. And it was very very easy to start because we were all in the same situation. Nobody has nobody has has nothing so anybody has nothing so so i i think that it it, it was it was it was time with a lot of work a lot of learning a lot of mistakes but it was really really very interesting time where, where, how did you get your supplies i mean for you see for somebody who came from the what should i say pampered middle class west sort of we we had uh, wholesalers drug companies drug representatives oh. i mean not that different from from today so so if you need uh -huh. something you just pick up the phone you get it i mean that, yeah, that's no, that's no. okay about equipment my finnish <laughs> colleagues laughed now it's it's, it's changed but like um, 20 years ago my clinic was like a like a museum of finnish veterinary history because everything what they didn't need they brought to me so i had a table from one clinic and otoscope from one clinic and ultrasound from other clinic and then um uh, then uh, then uh, get medicines it was just to carry from finland so uh, if I'm thinking now that I traveled from Finland, from Helsinki to Tallinn, who is Domitor or, or Polamivet, or all these kind of drugs in my, my pockets, then it's really frightening. But in this time, it was like, a, you have to, what to do? Yeah. yeah but then yeah, it changed yeah. quite, in, quite quickly because I started um, to do a little bit practice in, um, 89 90 and then i started my my like a clinic in 92 and then already it was possible to to uh, pay for example through the bank they didn't deliver 
the medicines to Estonia. So I had to somebody, my, my assist, assistants had traveled to Finland to pick up the medicines from, from different uh, fin, Finnish uh, wholesalers. But, but then it was already some, somehow understandable, not so difficult. And then quite quickly, we had already our um, own stock companies who, who provided uh, medicines for us. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the first the beginning was interesting. <laughs> and then, I mean, payment, how did you do that? Because there was possibly no pay structure. So I would assume, I don't know, under the Soviet system, um, uh, if veterinary services were rendered, sort of they were rendered free of charge to party members? Or no, something? there was a, no, no, there was a, there was a small payment, some kind of, but I really, I don't remember. But then there was like a um, situation which usually is happening when one system is ending and another is beginning. So we had rubles and hard currency at the same time. So when I brought um, vaccines from, mm -hmm. from Finland, yeah. then I, I, I took like a service tax in rubles and the vaccine was paid in Finnish marks, because yeah. otherwise it wasn't possible to to buy new ones. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then it, it somehow it worked. And and another thing was that uh, we started to do um, not immediately, but quite soon, uh, complicated uh, surgeries, and and people they they understood that they had to pay. It's not uh, free of charge. On the mm. other hand, I could. Um, lower the prices because I got really, really a lot of help from Finland. And for example, one help was this, that when I was um, uh, in Finland in the clinic of my mentor in Kovola, and when she had um, a surgery and, and she finished the surgery and she had a uh, um, suture material left, left you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. enough long <laughs> yeah, yeah. piece, then I, took it and I used it because it was yeah. better than nothing. So nothing. it was like, um, yeah, yeah, it was nowadays if I'm, if I'm talking, when I'm talking to assistants, because I'm, I'm giving lectures in our um, veterinary nurses assistant school, when I'm talking these things, then it sometimes it seems to me, hello, how old are you? <laughs> what you are talking, it's like a, somewhere very 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 long time ago but actually it was my youth <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so when but when did you um have the first introduction to fikava how did that how did that come i mean i can see that the international sort of contacts were re really important obviously the, con the 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 connection to finland with estonia there's also a cultural mm -hmm. link obviously but I mean, it's now if we, for example, go to, to BSAVA Congress, I mean, there are a lot of Estonian vets every year around mm -hmm. and they travel a lot. They do a lot CPD. But how did that all start off then with, with Fikava and you? It actually started from WCVA uh, because uh, there was a WCVA Congress in Berlin in... <laughs> and uh, 93 i think it was and somehow 
I was able to go there. I, I did some kind of cooperation with Walter. Mm. We did um, a TV show about to, how to raise a puppy, and and then then uh, they uh, they helped me to to register and to go there to to Berlin, and uh, it was really really fantastic. I I loved it to to be the part of the you know of the veterinary family and everything, and mm. then I thought oh. And how how I can continue <laughs> to go with these yeah. kind of places, and of course it was not the only reason, but there was already many vets who uh, who um, uh, treated small animals, and and we organized a veterinary association, and then uh, already we knew that there are two like a uh, umbrella association uh, like uh, WCVA and Fekava, and. Um, I was really, really sad that I wasn't able to visit uh, FECAVA first congress in Paris, which was in uh, 94. Mm. But my daughter just was born at mm. the same born, time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's okay. Okay, you were, like, you were on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, but uh, our next congress in Brussels in 96, I was there and I met two guys from. Um, uh, Fekava desk and one of them was Ray Butcher and of course if you are already you if you are going to meet Ray Butcher then you are <laughs> you are lost <laughs> and then then Ray organized me all the paperwork what was essential essentially to do to join to Fekava and we joined in no it was 95 and in 96 we already joined to Fekava Let's talk a little bit about sort of veterinary medicine, companion animal veterinary medicine in, in Estonia today. Uh, how many uh, uh, companion animal vets are there in Estonia today? Or how many members do you have in your organization? Do you have a rough idea? Yeah, I think that we have like a one and half hundred uh, members somewhere there. And some of those are not like actively working in small animal veterinary medicine, but then on the other hand, there are some who are not members. So I think that somewhere like uh, 150, 200, uh, that's, yeah. I, I think that we are having, yeah. Uh, so as uh, veterinary surgeons in Estonia, I mean, you have a vet school in Estonia, in, in yeah. Tartu. Um, uh, how is that with, um, CPD, is that then uh, uh, mainly done uh, in Estonia or Estonian vets? Uh, I mean, I, I said already, they're traveling a lot. Uh, how is that with, with Finland and the neighboring countries? Is there a lot of exchange also with CPD events? Yeah, in the, in the beginning, of course, it was uh, very much because it was so easy to reach and our language is similar. So if there were, were um, lectures in Finnish, it was easier if the people, there was like an older generation who is not, he was not able to speak or, to, or understand English. Nowadays, uh, no, I'm not thinking to this year because this year everybody's at home. But nowadays, I think that the Estonian vets are, are traveling around, not only to Finland, but everywhere a lot. And this was my like old joke um, when we were 
in different congresses and there was Estonian <clears throat> um, group like a 10 persons or 15 or something and then I said it's 10 percent of our association <laughs> and usually ask from, yeah, from British true. or yeah. from from French colleagues that where is your 10 percent <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's Estonian let's like to like to visit different congresses so we are we are very well known tra travelers yeah our association is doing our CPD and actually this weekend we are having now our um, annual um, conference but this is of course in 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 the video conference as as, as in everywhere i mean that's it i i think that the estonians are probably one of the nations that will adapt uh uh most easily to to this whole uh internet and online communication because i mean estonia is so uh it when it comes to uh, uh adopting uh, uh technical novelties a digital generation uh it's estonia is probably one of the leading countries i mean you i i heard that your 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 text declaration takes 10 minutes mm -hmm. or something yeah. like that it's all done online yeah. always has been you have i yeah. think set in law a right for internet access all over the country i think, <laughs> I huh? think it's a joke but it's almost yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i mean this is sort of the, the on online sort of uh life uh it, it's just i mean if you want to see how it's done i mean you have to go to estonia i often found mm -hmm. it i think there is two reasons the first that we are so small everything is so much easier because if you are so small mm. And, and another thing that we um, we started everything later, you know, in UK there is an old society, yeah. old traditions, everything have been, but we had in 90s, oh, we have to have a bank. Okay, and then of course, we, these guys who developed this Estonian bank, very young guys, they didn't develop some kind of old fashioned thing, but they they look to the future. I think it was like our, our, um, like a bad side and good side because bad side that that we didn't have experience and traditions and another thing that we had like a, like a white uh, cheat, nothing mm. from the past and it was possible to start and to do uh, in this way, which was in this time like a like a better way. So. Yeah, I think that this can be explanation why, mm -hmm. why it works so well. Yeah. 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 How how is that in now in Estonia with pet insurance? Do do a lot of your clients? Do you have pet insurance? Do a lot of your clients have their pets uh, insured? No, it's not so good. It's not so mm -hmm. good as in in Finland or Sweden. And I think yeah. that in UK this is quite quite uh, yes. well known to or I mean, yeah, but. I w when I worked last summer in Sweden, it, I would say that possibly 80 or 90 percent of the, especially the dog owners, were insured. You basically yeah. didn't step out of the house with your dog unless your dog was insured, health yeah. insured, that is. Mm -hmm. um, Finland, yeah. No. We have, yeah. a, I think that now, nowadays we have only one company who is mm -hmm. providing this service. And when there is no competition, then of course it is not the best one so i think that uh, the um, 
there is there is uh, things what they have to change yeah 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 how is that yeah. with corporates um do you have already sort of uh we saw especially in scandinavia but also in the uk and and in the netherlands and now also slowly in the german-speaking countries there's a larger or growing influence of corporate practices is that the same in estonia they we have two uh, branches now but they, they haven't it's my personal opinion they haven't influenced like a, like at the market so much until now let's see what will happen but i have i have followed how what what has happened in finland because i know so many different persons there at clinics and and it's quite interesting there is of course there is a like a good and bad things and 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 i think that in the future we're going to have both a big change and and small clinics too so i you think, think there's a market for both really and yeah, a place for both yeah it, it seems to me that it, it is it is possible yeah covid covid 19 unfortunately sort of how has that <laughs> impacted our colleagues in estonia um are you uh, have the uh, has there been a huge drop in income or actually more work i mean we hear so many different things from different mm -hmm. european countries partially because people now the recognize of how important it is especially during lockdown to have a dog or a cat in the house so what mm -hmm. difference it makes uh, so because of that i mean we find for example in the uk after two three very quiet months we're super busy at the moment mm. how is the situation in estonia we haven't had like super quiet months at all so the april was a little bit more quiet but it was mostly because um, in my clinic i have um, many colleagues who have children in the mm. um, uh, who are in the school age and as well as schools were closed they had to learn with the children at home and it was so difficult so that they asked me that maybe they are uh, they can have their holidays in this time not in summer but in april because they are not able to work all day in the clinic and then to go home and work work and study with, with children so it seems to me that in in April it was mostly because our like our um, that we had less work. Not so much that people didn't come, but because we couldn't provide our our services. But of course there was less. There was less because uh, of course if you are you you are ill, you are not coming to visit a veterinarian. You are. You are trying to do it later, and then we we try to send as as much as possible the food and and even some medicines. I think that this is not legal, <laughs> but I thought that yep, if yep. there is somebody who is my client and I know that the dog needs like a cyclosporine airdrops, and the owner is not able to come to the clinics, and hello, why I cannot send I this? So, so it's it's April was 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 different, and then May 
already like normal and as you said in summer so much work that it's like a, I don't know and it's a little bit frightening because um, I think that it's true that that people when they uh, um, realize that they are at home that they have time that oh now it's good time to get a new pet that if they're still are coming the depression economical depression uh, are they able to to take care of these animals so it's uh, even in finland they are saying that it's it's it was all like a, all puppies have sold because people want all people they wanted to have new puppies new kitchens yeah. are they still there after one year this is a we don't know yeah yeah we worked all the time we had some special rules we uh, we send uh, letters to owners uh, and ask to to write um, down all the uh, anamnesis as as long as possible not to speak in the examination room not to, to not to stay there together so we had a lot of information um, before and then we ask them that they are coming alone. No, sometimes it is it's, it's not possible, but usually not for whole family. We we try to um, um, make appointments so that they were not together in the waiting room. We have uh, luckily we have big windows, so they they couldn't see that is somebody there, somebody not. So um, so it it wasn't so so difficult. And now uh, I don't know. It's it's not too good to say, but nowadays in 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 Estonia it seems that there is nothing. It's it's like a okay. We knew that the COVID is somewhere around, and we have some spots somewhere, but but actually the life is quite normal. Tina, let's talk a little bit more about you yourself. Do you have yeah. any new projects? Uh, anything that you are, you are planning because normally sort of when i speak to you you are you're working on a new book on a new television program you're working on i don't know you're planning to travel again obviously traveling is probably not traveling so, is, I yeah. I, next 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 week i i'm going to travel around the estonia because I, i'm not able to stay in so i have no. to go somewhere um, i um, um, i wrote last year two books and one we we were able it was with my colleague um, her name is Trin Kais. Kais is a cat in Estonia yeah, and it yeah. was about cats the the mm. book was about cats mm. and we launched it in um, in the December so it was possible to make really like a um, event but the, the second book about the um pet feeding i had to introduce uh, like we're talking with you today via via internet so it was it was an um, introduction through the through the internet and um, i have done some podcasts recently in the but tina Tumet the, is going online yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was it was nice. I did it with my different colleagues, and uh, it's it's called Veterinarian in Pocket. 
and and it was it was nice. I, I like to do it. And there is uh, plans for for another for another book, which is uh, we are talking with the editor that maybe I will start to write it for next year. But yeah, I miss you. I miss my colleagues around the Europe, and I. <laughs> Oh, I, I yeah. want to. I want to go somewhere. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, but but you you see that gives everybody a little bit of an idea how it is when we when we meet within sort of the Vikava family. That's so mm. nice, sort of suddenly sort of sitting next to a colleague from from yeah. from the Baltic, for example, or then we sit next to a colleague from Greece or from Spain. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, uh, yes, there are certain differences in our life, but there are also so many things that are so much alike and and we can all learn from each other. And, uh, uh, and, and, and I mean, it's always so inspiring also to hear how, uh, yeah, colleagues deal in different parts of Europe and of the world sort of with, um, uh, 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 with day-to-day -day problems that we might encounter in, in our own practice. Mm. Yeah. Tina, I brought you something along that you might recognize. Oh. Have a look. Can you remember oh. this? <laughs> this is uh, my first. This yeah, is my that's first. your first book. And, and I, yeah. even, I even got a signed copy. So, so that's <laughs> pretty course. good. Then there we go. I also have this one here. Yes, yeah, so I seems to be yes. next to it. And what I noticed, if you go to your bookshelf and you have um, the, uh, uh, if you have organized your books by the alphabet, you know what you are, who you are next to. Oh. Can you see that? <laughs> yeah. So there we go, Leo Tolstoy. So, Tina Tumets. There you go. So you are in good company, or I would actually say, knowing you, I mean, I, I never met him, but I would say he's in very good company with you next to him. So you would have had a lot of fun with another, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. As you see how, how bad a salesman or saleswoman I am, when we started this conversation, then I thought that why I don't have my books? I can't show you my books here. No, I don't have the, my books here in the summer house. They no, are in the, in the town. You, you, don't, you don't need them, you can rely on me. <laughs> <laughs> Tina, it was really lovely talking to you and thank you very much for meeting us at the Fekava Vet Chat. Um, again, everybody who is seeing this vet chat, if you want to leave comments, if you have questions or if you have suggestions how we should make things differently in the future, then by all means email us um, and we are really looking forward to, to have that. Our email address is vetchat at fecava.org.